Bobby gave it another half star, did you? <laughs> On top of what I gave it like a few years ago, yeah. I've already worked out the average, don't worry. I can hazard a guess what the average is going to be. Oh, what is it, Phil? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's easy. Hello and welcome to the Big Screen Podcast. I'm Will and today I'm joined with... Me. Who are you? You know me. Feudal? Maybe. Well, we are back. Surprisingly, for the first time in five months, we are recording together for the first upload in three months. Uh, we are returning to our Series 1 formats. We're now into Series 4. We kind of gave up with Series 3. Apologies. I do think that was a pretty strong series, if I do say so myself. It was a big ask. <laughs> it, it was a big ask, like you're doing all these franchise reviews. Like if you looked at our original schedule, it was like one a month. In those videos per month, we had to review like five things. And then in the Halloween franchise reviews that we had lined up, we had about five, six, seven films to review across two episodes. And I was like, we cannot do this. And then um, we scrapped it all. And then we gave up. And then we got complacent. And then we had a video blow up. And then we got complacent again and didn't act on it. But we're back now to justify the cost of RSS podcasting, which distributes our podcast onto Spotify and Apple Music because or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is. Because I've been paying that subscription fee for like the last three, four, five months while I've been paying for it for like a year now. But like we haven't been uploading, we haven't been doing anything. So to justify those three or four months we're going to do six episodes across six months and we're going to put them out and it's going to be worth the money i hope but uh we're back we spun a wheel as per our series one format and basically the concept of this series well the concept of this channel as me and michael first conceived it was to introduce our friend to a a movie to several movies in fact that we both enjoy and dislike and that other person would not have seen it before so this was my choice why well, I, I say it's my choice i we put several movies onto a wheel didn't we and then we yeah. spun it and that's what we did so theo has three i have three how it landed, I go first and then Theo goes last. Also, Theo goes second, I go Panorama, whatnot. So, this is my good choice. Theo might disagree with that. Mm. <laughs> but uh, the wheel span to Collateral. Believe it or not, the first Tom Cruise film in a row that we are reviewing on this channel. Theodore, go away. Take it away, should I say? <laughs> go away? Jeez, <laughs> for five minutes. Theo, take it away. So, Collateral is a film that stars Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, and is about a cab driver who finds himself mixed up in some dirty business and now has to traverse the streets of generic American town <laughs> and survive the night. And did he survive the night? Well, that's your spoiler warning. Of course, with <laughs> all these episodes, if you don't want to know the spoilers of the film, please stop watching now. I realise that a little disclaimer at the top of the description isn't always good enough, and you should always put a little disclaimer in the video, so that's what we're doing now. Um, so, Claro, of course you have never seen it before until now. Brief thoughts before we actually take a deep dive into it? It was boring. It was, oh, it was, it was alright, but I just found it boring. Mm. Like, I'm not going to watch it again. Oh, man. Well, uh, there were little moments where I thought, okay, I kind of understand where I feel going with this, but then something happened and then things just fell into place and I thought, you know, that was all worth it. You know, like the... Uh, for example, let's take a deep dive into it right now. You know the jazz scene? The jazz man. Yeah. 
that whole scene, it like started, it was conceptualized by saying, oh, we're ahead of schedule. Do you like jazz? To quote the B movie. Yeah, Do you like jazz? And I thought, hmm, maybe the writer is just like, how do we pad this movie out? That's what I thought first, because I forgot the plot of this film. Well, I didn't re- forget the plot. I just forgot what happened in it. So when he took this diversion, I was like, okay, we've had two or three murders in the first half hour. There's going to be six. How do we fill out the last hour and a half? And I thought, okay, this is going to be it. But then it took the turn in the jazz room, and I thought, okay so yes it was a little bit of a divergence but i actually went somewhere because it was another death and i thought okay that justified the 10 minutes we were in there before anything actually happened like in the club scene later when they go through the club i was like okay this is getting a slightly bit boring but then we get to the shooey shooey you know lapd fbi shootout with tom cruise's character vincent and i was like you know what that 10 minutes was worth it it just fell into place and i was like you know what I like that, even though bits before I could kind of understand where you're coming from. That's the film summed up for me. Things happened, which you said privately. Things happened. You just said things happened. People walked about, and I understand. But the plot all came together, and like in the final ten minutes, like little threads were wrapped up, and I was like, "That is neat." It's like to give credit where credits due. That that jazz scene is probably like the only scene I enjoyed in the film just because of the like conversation and like the build up of it was quite nice even though I could barely hear it I don't know if it's just my TV I have my TV sound on theatre mode okay. which is meant for films and the talking would be like this hmm. the whole thing and then bang 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 and it's like <laughs> and it was like what the, so I constantly was on the volume control yeah. trying to like judge when it was going to happen so other than that it was it was pretty it was a pretty good scene and yeah, the, the, like the killing is my excuse some ways my favorite death in the film because it's just so abrupt and really grounded. Yeah, that it, it was really like the other ones like a bit more the, like theatrical, like the guy getting thrown through a window, the massive shootout in the club, mm. like all that is very theatrical and like big spectacle. But that one, something about that one just felt like a bit not not dirty in the like the wrong way, but just felt a bit you know a bit dirty, a bit grounded, a bit like off like a bit off putting. I felt like un. un- I was like, Jesus Christ! Like this guy was just living his life, and then for and then a split second, and it's just his life is extinguished. Mm. And like him just casually shooting him off, and then like going, "All right, next up." I was like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah. But like the build up to that, where his face completely dropped, and his resting face was like, "Oh shit, I'm in the mud. Yeah. I will run away from you. You scare me. I acknowledge and this. I will you see run." See Jamie Fox click that as well. Like you see when they're talking back and forwards. Like initially, he gets into the conversation. He's smiling. And then when he's the face kind of drops, you can see him looking confused. He looks, like, he looks to Vincent and he's like, "Oh crap, what's going on?" As we see Vincent like, looking out into the kitchen to see the barmaids go around the back and stuff like that, yeah. And then he just runs off. He's like, "Oh shit!" Like that's like a, that was a, probably one of the that's probably the best scene in the film for me. Yeah, but that scene was just great. Like a masterclass of editing, acting, and like filmmaking. I absolutely agree and like the filmmaking in this in my opinion is sensational it's because there's so many visually pleasing things to look at for example I don't know if you noticed it but when Jamie Foxx is in with the you know the drug realm in the club you know when he's pretending to be Vincent in the club in the club when he's pretending to be Vincent trying to get the information back there's this scene where it's over the head shoulder shot uh, towards the drug Cartier or whatever the hell he is it's subtle but you can see it 
the camera slowly zooms in but it's kind of juddery just as the drug guy is like banging his finger on the table and i liked how that was kind of in sync with the camera kind of juddering forward zooming into him it's stuff like that and like at the start have you ever so we're gonna which have you ever seen the movie lock no i think it's got tom hardy in it and I was like, when you said to me this film was boring, I was like, okay, fair enough. And then I watched it. I watched this film. And I was like, if you want to see a boring film set in a car, go watch Lock. There is nothing... I'm going to love Lock. You're going to love Lock, exactly. A lot of people do. But um, basically, there's less things to look at in that film than this film. So I was like, I don't understand what he's kind of getting from this because, you know, Paul Greengrass the director notorious for his handheld footage and, sp- and speaking of Paul Greengrass I didn't even realise this he directed the Bourne films right or at least two of them and a lot that of the explains, that explains way too much <laughs> a lot of the first few scenes in this film reminded me of Jason Bourne and a lot of the stylistic choices with uh, how it was shot all the close ups the handheld shakiness of the camera and I was like okay this is reminded me of Bourne this reminded me of Paul Greengrass and I like how it's all in handheld like there's all these overproduced movies and this could have been so self-centered so serious but I think having it handheld kind of gave it a more grounded feel. Like when Jamie Foxx is going around the city, he goes to the gas station, he goes to the corner shop, he has these interactions with people. It's all handheld and I just think I really appreciate that. My ultimate point is there's so much going on. The pacing and the editing is so snappy. You have barely any time to think about what's going on. It's just showing you and it's moving on. There's a unnecessary but brilliant close-up of the key being zapped through to get for the turnstile and i was like you know what that is straight out of jason Bourne. see now i'm gonna do the exact flip side and i actually don't agree with you in a lot of these sense okay. whilst whilst i do appreciate handheld like camera and what it can do for a film making it feel grounded i feel at points it was too much mm. like i haven't seen jason Bourne, but what i have seen of jason Bourne, all the fights look shit in the first one mm. just because it's so shaky it's all over the place and it's really hard to focus and for this film at points i was like okay it's, it's nice having a handheld but sometimes it's a bit much like you can have a bit too much handheld at times and obviously you know i've said this film for me was slow so a bit of the editing felt i, I don't know it was, there, were, there were snappy points like we said the um the jazz scene and i do remember the car being slapped on the thing that's like a very vivid shot in my head from yeah. the film but they kept you but they did they paced out the film with a lot of unnecessary things i feel like i don't know how many times we needed to see a drone shot of the road <laughs> yeah like, oh, we, like we see that same goddamn segment of like city in the exact same shot like five separate times and each time i was like right i get it we're in a city like new york or manhattan why are you showing me this when we've literally got half an hour left of the film i know where we are i think it was just to kind of emphasize the scale and like the isolatedness because there's a a large part of this film a large part of this film is like soul searching and it's at the beginning and it's towards the end as well and i get that but there's a conversation in the car where it's like oh vincent's character and vincent says something like that all these people there's no connection I want to get out of this city because nobody here knows each other. So I think that's the kind of point of it to show the isolatedness. Like they're small, they're insignificant. That's like the second heart to heart they have before he crashes the car. I think that was probably the point, I would say. But I did. Yeah, notice. I get what they were trying to do, but it, it was too much for me. And 
like they established that in the first like 10 minutes for me like when he's yeah. going around and you see him like taxiing other normal pedestrians in the back of the car I was like okay so we've established that he doesn't really you know get the time to know anybody it's all very just job here job there job there look at the picture go yeah. around get a shot of the massive city then we see like go for traffic and that bit I was still like invested I was like okay hmm. I don't mind the film that takes his time to set up and I like how it's saying up I understand this guy's life yeah. I understand what like gets him through the day and then when we see the lawyer character I thought okay this is nice because now it's kind of breaking that mold hmm but then it keeps doing that and i feel like i got the gist i understood what this film was trying to say about living in a big city yeah. and the am and the like aminuity aminosity i don't know that the big word <laughs> that comes with the big city that yeah. like you never meet the same person twice most likely yeah, yeah, yeah and having the lawyer person come back at the right end was quite a nice touch because like well sometimes and there's the whole thing about the stars aligning and yeah. like destiny and that was nice but i just feel like it kept on so many times trying to say this is a big city and i'm like yeah i got that you don't need to show me the same drone shot five <laughs> times every time they fucking dry yeah i do get the point because i watched michael bay's ambulance and it came out this year have you seen that no i do i i thought the trailer looked all right and then i saw your review and it put me off it yeah effectively the editing and the camera angles of that film it's this film but 10 times more overbearing so when i was watching this film i was like okay so this is ambulance but nice <laughs> i thought this is ambulance <laughs> but nice to look at nice feel i don't feel the editing was ever overbearing uh i do acknowledge there were quite a few drone shots but it was never really distracting for me about the repetitiveness of them i kind of thought that about the character i was like so, okay, so we've done this before, we've hit this beat before, but we're doing it again, but we still have to get some character to Vincent. Well, it's nice to have a bit of animosity between the pair, you can't overdo it. Two scenes, two moments of conflict, one on the bridge, one in the car. I thought that was perfect. I thought, you know, spread those scenes out with some, you know, humorous moments. I thought the scene with the mother in the hospital was brilliant. Uh, with Jamie Foxx saying, you know, mud, or you can't keep pretending I'm not in the room. And then the mother says to Vincent, what did he say? And then Vincent says, oh, he's in the room. And then the mother says, yes, you are, dear. I was like, that's such a funny scene. Like seeing Jamie Foxx's reactions to that and, you know, how that kind of fed back into the, like, the final conflict where he crashes the car towards the end. It's like, oh, I'm never good enough for my mother but here you are in the back of my car relying on me and you're saying I'm insignificant. I like I like the parallels between those and I don't think it ever got too overbearing. I don't think it hit the same note more than twice and I appreciate that. Like You could have gave too much information about this assassin but you don't get that. And like the criminals, do you understand the plot with the criminals? Sorry, if, if, um, I, my <laughs> if I if I told you that if I asked you to tell me what the deal is with the criminals, would you get? Would you be God able to tell yeah. me? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so at the towards the end, it's but I like yeah. I don't understand why what each character. I, I think they're all witnesses yeah, to you, something. Exactly. So you know the court case that yeah I, I know I know yeah I know the big twist yeah she the, is the she is the lawyer she is the lawyer they're all witnesses and he has to kill off the witnesses to protect the the defendant I suppose and then the final one to kill 
was the lawyer which i found quite on the nose in terms you said it was nice i thought it was on the nose a little bit where he was just about to be arrested and then he looks into the cab he sees the screen and his lover's picture yeah, is on it the I, thought, reveal is sloppy. it I will admit was the reveal was very sloppy but i still like the tie around like if this film is trying to say that you, you you'll pass on the street and you'll never see him again but then it ends up that it is someone you've met before mm. i like that being like a through thread but him seeing the screen whilst being arrested i was like okay that's pretty shit like yeah. there could have been like, there's got to be an easier way to do that and tom cruise's character would have known because he saw the lawyer card and she was and he was like oh what's that is that a, is that some girl i think that's <laughs> might be why he encouraged him to call her like life is short yeah. one of us might not, not see another day and i think that was like making the connection to her like she might not, not see another day life is short but vincent is like I don't, vincent's a very confusing character i don't mm. like i know you're saying before this there's a bunch of deep dives into the character of vincent but i just really didn't like i didn't understand why he was doing this i understand what he was doing he was cleaning up like a case he was getting rid of witnesses he was getting rid of the lawyer but i didn't understand his motivation and I thought like oh he's just doing it because he gets paid you know he's a hitman he's doing it to get paid but then when his briefcase is thrown over the edge and all the money goes everywhere I thought oh shit this is like a turning point this has got to be like the climax of the film nope they just get back in the taxi and they act like nothing happened and I was like so his goal is not money because I would have been pissed if that was my money after I just killed a bunch of people I didn't realise it was money I thought it was just papers I thought no because when he flings it in the air money flies everywhere and that's why he gets pissed so if this guy's all about just you know killing the people to get the paycheck then why is he so like oh i'm gonna keep this cabbie because i like it no just shoot the cabbie and get a different cabbie because then you have like you then you tie that loose i don't know i just felt like him sticking with jamie fox was a bad choice because then there was obviously like they could trick they could track him they ran into the police before they knew that he was like i don't know they wanted him to be the full guy mm. like yeah, that was vincent's plan to be like oh yeah jamie fox's character he did all this i was just a, a poor passenger but then at like points where like he really screws over his plan you think you just shoot him and then get another cabbie and just don't tell him what's going on just go yeah can you take me to this building because they're not going to ask they don't know you this vincent was a very muddled character. It, it was a conflicting character and i do agree there is a moment towards the end i'm trying to kind of gauge what the filmmakers are going for with this character what the writer is going for maybe he is meant to be this ruthless assassin but towards the end you could kind of see the flaws in his game like towards the end when is it annie yeah i don't remember any of the names I, I, max annie vincent those are oh yeah because jimmy fox plays another speckled character yeah with the name Max. <laughs> yeah but um yeah towards the end i realized okay maybe vincent's being trying to be portrayed as this flawed character because for example when annie is on the phone what uh vincent does is goes to the basement and cuts off all the power but when doing so he also cuts off the lights and you could interpret that as oh he's cut off the lights to make him more intimidating which would be the easy thing to say however if you think about it maybe it was being counterproductive because he now has to find her in the dark which isn't good and then i think that it kind of built on that in the very next scene where annie runs away with max and then he throws the chair through the glass and then he falls over the chair when he goes through the glass and I kind of interpret I interpret that as like the filmmakers trying to make him come across as like this bumbling idiot you know what I mean yeah. so he's this really smug character like in the club scene after he shoots all those people he winks at Max and then he has a smirk on his face I thought yeah you know what that's a really nice shot there you know personification of his character 
but then towards the end he started making these mistakes and then at the very end he you know loses all his bullets and then he dies and i just thought i think that's what they were going with with this character yes throughout this film he's been seen as this guy who's in control not i actually i wouldn't say he's in control because there's a lot of times where max jamie fox's character kind of has some pushback and then all we kind of get from vincent in response to that is oh since when has it been a choice stuff like that but we never actually see him be dominant over him maybe in the bridge scene where he pins him down after he's thrown the briefcase but that's about even it. then like he's like like if he was truly in charge he wouldn't have done that in the first place like that was a shit that was like he was, that was a dick move and he was like well guess that's just happened uh, uh yeah i make the decisions around here i was like well no you don't <laughs> yeah i i do think a bit more could have been done for to make him a little bit more menacing like yes we gave yeah. a sharpshooter but that's about it yeah also can we just talk about his death quickly yeah sure it was so i think it was so bad oh, i i like how he kind of did the round trip to um the six hours nobody noticed he's dead and yeah that was good i like that when that when they've ended with him like still on the train i like that yeah but like the edit like when they when they're on the train the chase was okay but when they got to the shootout the editing was so sporadic that i couldn't understand a single thing that was going on they were okay. like i knew they were just shooting at the door and that was kind of the gist but i couldn't follow who who i was watching shoot through the door yeah. like who was getting all the shots off and then when it's revealed that he's dying i felt it was very underwhelming like if you have you seen um seven samurai i haven't no i think they were trying to go with this there's a scene in seven samurai which is an amazing film by the way yeah yeah, yeah. but there's a scene where like this guy is going to be like the head haunt well he's being like led on he's like oh yeah fight me go on yeah you won't you coward and then when he fights him he does the typical like samurai slices his middle belly Mm. and then you don't see you don't know he's dead until he falls on the ground you know that like typical trope of like samurai and westerns i get that yeah i feel like they were trying to do that with like the whole oh you don't know if he's been shot oh he's fallen over he's been shot oh shit but i was just like no i couldn't i didn't follow any of that what was going on from my perspective i thought they were just shooting a door yeah to be fair that was quite odd i think a lot of that shot was jamie fox's perspective shooting at vincent but I still again but the, if, no, if the I agree, editor I agree. question it then I don't like it like if I have to be sat there like wait who am I watching then I think it's not a good job if I'm if I can clearly be like okay this is Vincent this is this is Max then I'm like I'm on board but as soon as I'm like wait who wait no who's yeah. what okay I'm like I can't do it that wasn't the best five seconds of the film mm. like because the only character he has kind of remorse for someone dying for is the detective and that's purely because of the fact that the detective is like hi I'm on your side. I'm going to get you out of the situation. And then he dies. And he's like, what the hell, man? Why'd you kill him? I, he was a nice guy. And he's all distraught. You said the Jazz Man's death was your favorite. Yeah. I actually think that LAPD FBI guy was my favorite, if you know. Just because how he was shot. Because Jamie Foxx's character comes out of the club. A lot of people walk past. There's a great depth of focus. And you kind of see the distance between Jamie Foxx's character and this detective. So when the shot comes from behind Jamie Foxx, you think, oh, shit this is how it was always meant to be because look at the distance between this LAPD character and Jamie Foxx it's meant to show that he's far away and he's closer to Tom Cruise's character do you know what I mean? Yeah. like when he's shot they're far away and when the camera cuts to the wide shot you can clearly see he's right next to the taxi and very far and the shot just before shows him very far away from the guy who was there to protect him 
So I think like that was, you know, the stars aligning in moment that kind of gave me the impression that they were meant to be together. And then it talks about the aligned stars and whatnot and all that crap. So it's like, yeah, that's another example of things falling into place for me. And I say that's probably my favorite death just because of how it was shot and put pieced together. So I did like the abruptness of them just like leaving the club and it's like, okay, they're outside the room. And then all of a sudden just Mark Ruffalo's character just dies. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) This character we've been following for the past hour or so just dies like that. No fan service, no big moment. It literally just gets shot outside the door and he's left on the ground. Like like, the music cuts off and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's like, so it's, in the best way it's really disrespectful to the character in the best way yeah. like they sound up like he's the detective he's gonna do he's gonna figure out everything he's gonna solve everything and then he's just shot because you get all these cut ways to pad out like the story and whatever and then when he gets shot that's the end of it no one gives a shit about the police investigation anymore because he is dead and like, then we get all these close-up shots of jamie fox in the cab like really showing his you know defeatedness and that kind of drives him to crash the car i suppose but then vincent's words just pushed him over the edge so that was like the equivalent of say like if this was a batman film that'd be the equivalent of like commissioner gordon dying yeah and if you know if it was in a batman film it'd be a big thing he'd be sat there giving a speech as he's bleeding out and for some reason everything around him would just stop and then you'd have like 10 minutes just to do this massive dialogue dump but no he's just shot and he's dead like it's very real and it's very uneasy like the feeling that anyone well anyone but the main two characters could just die and they're out of the film that quickly so you liked the tone of this film would you say i felt like the tone at times was a bit muddled like they tried to do some comedy like parts to it which didn't really work i think i know what you're on about you know the jazz scene where the jazz man dies when yeah. uh jamie fox's character kind of chimes in with a quip the music stops and then when we cut back hard cut to the jazz man speaking again with his dropped face and whatnot you can hear like the music be faded in it was an interesting technique maybe it got a little muddled with the comedy because it didn't make me laugh yeah before we did start this recording you did criticize the music uh, yeah it's just, there's no memorable score the only scene that really stands out for me in terms of music is the club scene it's a really repetitive music when he's suing all these people so it's club music yeah it's not an original (laughs) soundtrack i don't think but it's not too loud it's been mixed really well you know it gets in your brain it's infectious so it's like john wick have you seen john wick yes you know when john wick walks into a club and starts shooting people you have this distinct sound the club music that's over and repetitive and over and repetitive you get the point and this film does exactly the same but like 15 years earlier and i do respect it because and i I do respect this film a lot because there are quite a few techniques with like the the glass in the cab how they shoot with the glass i think it is quite well is pioneering the right word it's just a few things i know it's in newer films that i wouldn't have seen in films from like the 90s and this film was what 2004 2007 one of the two so it's like there's this distinct soul in this film that is clearly being copied in the future and i think it does a really great job and like it wraps up my original point is there is so much going on in this film to look at but I just can't understand why you would be bored. You'd be like, oh, there's that thing. Oh, they shot that really well. As filmmakers, I know we're not filmmakers, we're filmmaking students. But like Batman, we both liked Batman because there was so much going on to look at. And I think this film is no different. 
I have to heavily disagree with you there because Batman did not feel like a three-hour film. This felt like a three-hour film, if you know what I mean. Like this, that, I felt a two-hour like, film feeling like a three-hour film. That must be bad. I was like, I, I just want, I in the not in the best way possible. I just wanted it to be done. Like, Ooh. I don't know if it was like I, I wasn't by I, I had like a bad. I was cooking tea at the same time, which I thought would make it, you know, quickly. Because when you're like timing shit, then you're like, I was focusing on the film. Don't worry, I wasn't. Where, just, where like, are you now? <laughs> you said you're on like, the phone for half the film. Oh yeah, I was on my headphones. I'm after, experiencing actually. you, <laughs> but like I was watching it and I was cooking tea and like I had a really bad tea, so I was a bit like pissed off because I didn't really cook it that great. Oh. And then like someone buzzed on the door and I had to go figure like you know neighbors neighbor problems again. Yeah, but I was just like uh, every time I ca- like I paused it, I'd come back to it and I play. I'd be like, shit, there's still an hour left. Oh, like fuck me. Oh, <laughs> like I man. think I like just breaks where I just go into my room like decompress go to the toilet come back out and then tackle it again like, i just like, I, if i had to sit there and just if i was in a cinema i don't think i could handle it like if i had really? to sit there and watch it i don't think i could do it Damn. if i didn't have my phone or anything whereas with the Damn. batman i feel like i well i don't, i did it twice <laughs> i watched it twice in cinema so i watched it like two or three times i think but yeah, it's like halfway through the film when we've got this new thing of oh they've switched the narrative up they flipped on his head so now Max is going to pretend he's Vincent he walks into this club thing and then we cut to unknowingly we cut to the LAPD or the FBI or whoever they're supposed to be going into the this warehouse and then up until we see the faces of Mark Ruffalo and that lot I thought it was Jamie Foxx's character but then it's revealed and I think oh okay that's visually interesting because the cut is seamless the sets like fit together because of how it's put together how it's lit but again when that scene was probably on you're probably having a go at your neighbors no <laughs> i paused it I, I paused if i had to do something that i knew i wouldn't be able to focus on like if i was like changing something out in the oven or if i had to go do neighbors, i would pause the tv and i'd come back to it i wouldn't just be like i'll leave it running and go to the door I, i'd pause it and then go Fair. So I definitely didn't miss. I didn't miss a single goddamn but thing. To be fair, would you say it felt like a three-hour film because it probably was a three-hour sit-in with all the distractions? No, it felt like just like it felt like every time I come back to it, it somehow had more. Like it, there was somehow just more of it. Like I feel like okay, right. we're wrapping up it, and then I look at the time, and be like shit, we've got another hour left. <laughs> all right, were there any standout scenes, performances, or bits of dialogue in this film that you would like to make note of? Well, obviously, we've talked about the jazz scene. We've discussed Vincent, like all the kind of characters. So, yeah, really, yeah, we've kind of tackled that much, that, that as much as it goes. Fair enough. Before we go into the conclusions, we have to do what feel? Uh, overview. No, the yes. audience interaction section. Oh yeah. I put out a tweet. I messaged my mate Connor, and I put out. Um, <laughs> you put out a tweet. I messaged my mate, so I have one review <laughs> to share. <laughs> now I put out where we got quite a few responses. Michael Wilson said, "Really good movie. The first time I can remember Cruz really playing against type and nailing it. You really get a sense of menace from him. I completely agree. When he shoots everyone up in the club, that little smirk. That was the scene where I was like, yes, Tom Cruise, fair play." <laughs> Fox proved himself very capable of leading a big action film. I agree. The direction was understandably brilliant and the transporter cameo was fun. John Lasagna from a peach tree dish. I like that, Petrie. Science. I didn't kill him. The bullets and the four killed him. 
creates line. Uh, ben, real enthusiast, said, I have, in response to me saying, has anyone seen it? Uh, he says, and I think it's bloody phenomenal. Honestly, one of Cruz's best performances. It's nice to see him play a villain. Uh, Joe Deacon on Letterboxd says, I really don't get the hate for Tom Cruise. I've always felt he was really charismatic and a dedicated actor, which makes his performance in Collateral really intrig- intrig- in Wait, what? What the fuck? <laughs> in Collateral really interesting because I'm not used to seeing him as the bad guy, but he's great at it. Very tense film and there is something about the fact that it takes place all in one night, which gives it a lot of urgency and forward momentum. Mm. I also love the look of the film as the LA nighttime aesthetic gives the film a really vibrant mm. look. Now, this might sound a bit random, but between this and Heat, Michael Mann really knows how to do gunshots sound effects and he gave it a four I think Joe nails that to be fair I completely agree with that and I think I touched on quite a few of the points technically if the gunshots were accurate they would all be deaf so well uh, Connor said mate I love collateral was randomly thinking about watching later on today at some point quite the coincidence right so on letterbox of course you read out Jody Cons. that was the only one for me I could say oh okay well Dan underscore Z underscore one gave it a five star review. Harry Membrick gave it a three and a half star review. Joe DeCon gave it a four star, of course. Helis gave it a four star. Off the cuff reviews gave it a three star. George Papart gave it a four star. Cole Oakley gave it a 3.5 star. And Aids Bean Soup gave it a 3.5 star. Theo, would you like to wrap up with your conclusion of score? Overall, I'm not watching this film again anytime soon. I just found it incredibly slow for what it was. It did have nice moments, I will give it that. And I just felt like there are films that are out now that do a better job, like John Wick, for example. I feel like that just does what this film was trying to do, but better. Uh, So, yeah, that's my conclusion. I give it a a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10? Oh, wait, no, four out of ten, even. Bloody hell, I was going to say, hell no. You're not running with that one. Uh, yeah, two out of five stars for collateral for Theo. Two out of five. I think this is on par with John Wick, I would say. I think <laughs> this is quite an incredible film. Uh, the performances across the board are rather brilliant. I, I enjoyed the lighting. I enjoyed the direction quite a bit. All the narrative threads wrapped up perfectly in a bow in the final 20-25 minutes, which I appreciated. There are parallels. There were motifs in the score. I know we criticised the score and there was no memorable moments, but I did notice little motifs when Tom Cruise would walk in. It was kind of like a Western vibe, uh, which Phil did allude to earlier, but in a different context. So perhaps that was intentional, perhaps not. But I give it a 4 out of 5 star rating. Yes, and Fear's dead. There is some noise, so I'm going to see what's going on. My boy's going to... It's Vincent. He's coming to get you. Vincent, the bleach-tipped killer who looks surprisingly like Vanilla Ice is coming to get you. Right, safe to say you weren't a fan? Nope. However, what are we reviewing next week? Your first quote-unquote good film. Uh, The Lone Ranger. Well, that will be done next month. Phil, I'm sorry for picking such a dreadful film to you to watch. I will never forgive you for this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, see you next month, guys. Thank you for watching. Peace out. Bye-bye.